Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group Potline, you will see him with uh, TNT. You will see him with CBS. You will see him with NBA TV. He's got a lot of gigs out there because he is really good. We'll talk some NBA and more. Spiro Ditas joins us now. Spiro, great to have you back on the show. And Andy, how are you? Andy, how are you? How you doing, my friend? Good to be back with you. Outstanding. What'd you make of the Pacers in that effort last night against the Celtics? I, I I tried to backpedal a little bit because I expect Spiro winning. I want to see this team grow and win. But last night was something else considering all that was going on in that game in Boston. Yeah, I, I think last night was a necessary step for a team that is clearly trying to incorporate a big piece with the Siakam trade, which I, I thought was tremendous. You know, Siakam is a guy who uber talented. He, he checks so many boxes. But I think when you incorporate someone like that in the middle of a season, it takes time. And especially with a guy like that who who needs the ball in his hands, and is going to force your team to change its dynamic. So I think all things considered with Halliburton coming back after his time missed, considering the fact you're probably paying, playing the best team uh, in the conference uh, on the road, I thought it was an important first step and, and a necessary step as uh, Rick Carlisle and this group try to figure out how they're going to play rotations, uh, how they're going to handle some of the elite teams and, and arguably the best uh, defensive team in the league last night. And despite the fact that they come up short, I, I think it was, I don't want to say a breakthrough, but I think an important step uh, for a team like Indiana, considering where they are. It's uh, Spiro Ditas with us. It, the, the shot-making ability in the second quarter for the Celtics was absolutely off the charts. I know that they were good, but holy crap, man, that was incredible. Yeah, you know, listen, when they got Porzingis in the offseason, my initial thought was, you know, they're they're giving up a lot by missing out on a guy like Marcus Smart by shipping him out. And you wondered where that defense was going to come. Then, you know, they 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 bring in Drew Holiday, who is arguably the best perimeter defender and one of the most versatile defensive players. And then you're like, wow, this is. This potentially is, is a special group with everything else they have with with Tatum and Jalen Brown and, and this kid, Derek White, who's become such an incredible player, who still is an underrated player in terms of how good he is and how good he's been in a short time on the big stage for the Celtics. Suddenly you put Porzingis and Holiday with this group, and, and I think we're seeing what they can potentially become. I, I think it's clear that the Celtics are the class of the East. I think Milwaukee certainly has the potential. You know, we'll see what they look like now as Doc Rivers gets comfortable with this group. But to me, it's the Celtics and then everyone else in the East. Spiro Ditas against CBS, TNT, NBA TV, a variety of, I'm sure, other gigs that I'm not going to mention right here. As always, awesome to join us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. So, you know, without a body of work after that, that deal for Siakam, what do you make of this Pacer team in terms of your expectations as they walk this thing forward to the All-Star break and then ultimately in the second half, like what we like to call the second half of the season coming up? Coming up. 
I, I love this group. You know, we we did their game against the Celtics in the in-season tournament, the game in Indianapolis where, you know, it was one of their signature games of the season. And, and you know, going into that game, sitting around talking with, with Grant Hill and Greg Anthony and some of the analysts I get to work with, uh, everyone's impressed by what they're building and, and how quickly Rick Carlisle has, has gotten this group to where – Maybe they're not ready to compete for a championship or even a, an Eastern Conference title, but they're right on the cusp, I think, of, of, of being right there. And, you know, look, you look at a team like Miami last year who was not expected to make a deep run. Suddenly they catch fire and were able to get to an Eastern Conference final. I'm not saying that the Pacers are there yet, but based on the emergence of Halliburton, who I think is is not only an ascending player, but is right on the cusp of, of potentially superstardom, you pair him with a with a Miles Turner, Pascal Siakam, uh, some of the younger pieces that they have. I know Buddy Heald has had some moments where he's been inconsistent, uh, but we know he can shoot it. I, I just really think that there, there's a lot to like with this team. And, and Indiana, for me, the way that they're building it as well, there, there's kind of an organic feel to what they're doing there. Uh, I've long been a fan of Rick Carlisle. I think he's a, he's a tremendous coach, one of the best uh, tacticians that we have in the sport. I, I think he's got the right temperament. I love that he's still got that old school element to him where he can light into guys and he's got that fiery side to him. Um, I, I just, I'm a big fan of what they've done uh, from the front office's standpoint and, and what it's looking like on paper. And this is a time where I think if you're an Indiana Pacers fan, just enjoy it. You know, just enjoy this step because we walked out of that arena that night, uh, the win over the Celtics in that in-season tournament game, thinking, wow, I mean, this is – the league is better – when a, a market like Indiana has a viable team. And I think there's no doubt this is a viable team on the rise and, and certainly ascending in the East. Leah Spiro oh, yeah. with us. So next up for the Pacers on the road at Madison Square Garden tomorrow night against the Knicks. I know they're moving forward here, at least for the short-term future, without that of Julius Randle. But how have they looked since OG Ananobi has joined their team via that deal with Toronto and obviously uh, Jalen Brunson and what they have already packed in there, both offensively and defensively? What's this squad look like? What are we going to see on Thursday night with this matchup? Well, look, the Knicks are are clearly a team that has, has caught fire here. And this could be a team – that that is ready maybe potentially to, to, to win a couple of series in the postseason. Um, you know, last year, two years ago, they had that, that surprising run where they took some teams by storm. Last year, they were supposed to take the next step, never happened. And so they had to reshuffle the deck. This version, I, I think, really fits. Now, clearly, it's still early days uh, as they try to incorporate OG Ananobi. But based on what they have with Rick Brunson, uh, based on how Julius Randle has bounced back from some of the disappointments of his career in recent years, uh, you know, I, I'm not ready to say that the Knicks are ready to contend for the conference, but I, I think they're, they're there ready to potentially make some noise. You know, we have to wait and see what they look like here over the final couple of months of the regular season. But, you know, look, in, in a lot of ways, similar to Indiana, you know, this has been a, a kind of a dormant market for so long. And, you know, of course, we I, I grew up in the 90s. So to me, it was the Knicks and the Pacers every year with, you know, with Pat Ewing and Rick Smiths and, of course, Reggie and, you know, the list of so many great players in that series. So the fact that both of these franchises and cities, you know, such starved NBA fan bases are finally starting to turn a corner, I just think is a great thing. The Garden is alive. You know, that that sound that the Garden 
when the Knicks are are a contending team is unlike maybe any arena in the sport. So the fact that they're kind of on the rise again, I just think is great for the league. And and hopefully, who knows, maybe they can rekindle this uh, this dormant series that was so great between them for so many years. Oh, man. Stirring the echoes right here with the fan base of that back in the 90s, certainly. Spiro Adidas joins us. So what? Uh, where are we going to see your work next? What's your schedule look like? I have college hoops on Saturday in Memphis. So we got Memphis and Wichita State with uh, the great Clark Kellogg and, and John Hollinger, actually, who covers the NBA for the Athletic, yeah. Yeah. Um, is going to join us in the booth. We're going to do we're going to kind of try something different with uh, with like a super analytics approach to the broadcast where we're going to put on a bunch of advanced metrics on the screen. You know, a guy takes a three or a contested shot. You'll see the percentage of of whether it's a good shot or not. All kinds of different technology that <laughs> like some it. of these like TV it. networks are, are um thinking about incorporating it to telecast so we're gonna have a we're gonna have a little fun on saturday now i I have dusty may who's a friend of mine the head coach of florida atlantic coming on here in the four o'clock hour and and the one thing that we're going to talk about is you know they moved obviously to the conference there and and how much more difficult the sledding has been especially after going to a final four where you're marked anyway but then when you up the competition on night in and night out basis they have survived it so far but man every game for them seemingly has been a one possession yeah well this is the deal though you're right i mean you have you have one of those transcendent years in a program's history and you want a little taste of the big time you know now they're realizing what it's like night in and night out once you get into conference play but uh, you know huge fan of dusty mays you know they're watching them make that incredible run last year they embodied what the tournament is all about you know hopefully they can they can follow it up this year but they look good, you know. After some, you know, maybe a couple of bumps in the road earlier in the season, they look like they've come through. And and you know, that's that's one conference that's going to be very interesting as uh, as they come down the stretch. Hey, it's always a pleasure to talk with you too. Thanks for always coming on and adding the insight too. And uh, we'll hook back up a couple of different times, college basketball and NBA wise, as we get on the other side of the All Star break. But uh, Spiro, as always, we pr- we truly do appreciate you dropping in here, and Indy. Thank you. Thank you. Anytime, brother. Look forward to it again. So, Spiraditas right there, CBS, Spiraditas of TNT, of NBA TV, uh, everywhere. Andy Moore on. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Automotive Group Hotline right now, 7-1 and one atop the, uh, well, I mean, the uh, American Athletic new conference for a good friend, 17-4 and four overall, and uh, from Greene County, Indiana, my mom called me yesterday during the show and said, you know what? Somebody told me that maybe you could be related to Dusty May. Dusty joins us right now. Dusty, my remarks, my retort was, you know, maybe to a degree, we're probably all pretty close to being related anyway, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go with it. We'll go with it. 
I said, I said maybe. I don't know if we want to dive too deeply into that or not. <laughs> but yeah, buddy, how yeah, you doing? Maybe, What's up? Uh, doing great. Maybe for another day. Yes, for another. Yeah, we'll do that when <laughs> when somebody sees you at the Apple Festival in Bloomfield again. We'll do that. So. I heard there were sightings. I've got a lot of doppelgangers out there, but uh, that definitely wasn't well, me. Well, listen. They're like 25 people from Switch City that's looked like you since 1995. You know that. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> if the entire Graves family had hair, they'd all look like you. You know that. So, yeah, um, yeah. Rick and Melanie were actually down at a game last week, so it's pretty cool to see. Uh, that's awesome. To see the Graves. Yeah, we've had a lot of uh, Southern Indiana at our games this winter. Uh, it's been pretty cool. Um, I did not know this until Josh told me. That, that you and Josh Schertz, you're pretty tight, the head coach of Indiana State. Yeah, we're close friends. We, we talk uh, probably too much because uh, we, we both like to talk and, and, and we get on the phone for a while. But I followed them very closely. You know, when he had a player leave uh, as a grad transfer uh, from his Lincoln Memorial team oh, five or six years ago, and, and we recruited him. And throughout the process, I was watching film on their team and uh, obviously scouting the player, and they played Butler in a really close game, and they played Auburn closely. And I thought, man, this guy's a really good basketball coach. I like what these guys do. And uh, we struck up uh, a friendship, and uh, we, we've grown closer over the years. But what a really, really uh, great human being and, and obviously uh, an even better ball coach. I mean, he's, he's, he's unique. He's, uh, he's elite at what he does. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I I've drawn a couple of parallels, but I mean nothing concrete. But it was almost like this time last year when you and I really started talking because you could tell you guys were gaining, gathering momentum, and you know moving forward and going where you ultimately ended up. And you know I'm watching Indiana State, and they're down in Belmont later on tonight in the Mo Valley. But it kind of feels like at a similar time they are gaining a similar level of momentum themselves. There goes Dusty. <laughs> the phone, the phone hung up. He's on a move right there. I, again, I say parallels. That probably is overstating it because it's much different, especially the lengths in which Florida Atlantic reach. But I'm just talking about this time of year. You start getting a little bit more notoriety. And what you're doing? So winning some games, putting together back-to-back wins as Dusty May, the head coach of Florida Atlantic, rejoins us now. I don't know if you heard my question before the phone disconnected here, but I, I drew some parallels between where you were and you and I were talking last year at about this time. You guys were winning games, gaining momentum. It's kind of what Josh has going on with Indiana State right now in the Missouri Valley. He does. I mean, even early in the season – and, you know, and, and it's when you're in, in the middle of a special year, usually you can feel it brewing and you've got the right people, you've got the right part. I watched them, I was like, man, that, that is a, a really well-constructed team. They all complement each other. They're talented. Uh, they're athletic and can shoot. And so it, it was obvious that they were going to at least be good. Um, but when you, you know, Robbie was injured earlier in the year, so they went through – uh, a little bit of spell where they weren't playing as well, but all that did was help them to develop their bench, kind of like our, what happened to us last year with John L. Davis, Elijah Martin missing time early. So, yeah, I, I think they've got something really, really special brewing with this group um, because of those reasons. And, and they look competitive. They look together. 
Um, you know, they cheer for each other's success. So, yeah, I've enjoyed watching them just because I appreciate um, that type of basketball, uh, you know, aside from being friends with, with Coach Church and Matthew and those guys. To Dusty May, the head coach of Florida Atlantic on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Um, starting at the top of the list with – Let's face it, with the success you guys had a year ago and remaining basically the same, I mean, you're a marked squad every night and you move to a different conference. Besides the top of that list, how would you compare where you are right now to where you felt this team was at this time a year ago? It's just different, John. Obviously, the expectations and and uh, if you don't, if you win by five on the road, it's not enough. And so it's been a, it's been a really a uh, special learning experience for all of us. Uh, we're learning about human nature. We're learning about expectations. We're learning about how difficult it is uh, to be the, the target or hunted every single day. And it's just different when, when you, when you have McDonald's all Americans, when you have top five players in the country, they've been the target every time they've walked in the gym. I remember seeing, you know, Lewis Williams and, and those guys back in the day go against guards from Chicago and those guards from Chicago, it was life or death. They wanted to make a name, against those future NBA players. And so it's, you know, our guys have always been the back gym guys trying to make a name for themselves. So the, the, the roles have been reversed, uh, but, it's, but it's been, uh, it's been challenging. It's been different, but we're, we're a better basketball team than we were. And we're probably not quite as gritty as, as we were consistently last year. We're starting to get that back, but so much more potent offensively. Our guys are all better individually. We're still trying to figure out collectively how to really find uh, the best rhythm and and, uh, and, 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 and chemistry and, and things like that together. But we're getting closer and closer. And, uh, you know, when you have a season like we did last year, people forget the growing pains that you had and the, the ups and downs that you had throughout a five-month season. And uh, as long as you're moving forward, learning from it, and everybody's still uh, working with the same level of, of, of energy and attention to detail, you're going to get where you want to get to. You mentioned a point that I was – often wondering and, and you take a group and you guys clearly just a fantastic team you, you guys evolved into a great team a team concept a year ago and you mentioned guys wanting to kind of do some things on their own and, and you develop these individual personalities as we saw developed and saw them on tv moving up until the final four is it at all tough to to reel back in that team concept when a lot of guys start to realize you know the individual accolades they're getting about their games under those circumstances of a year ago is it tough to get that team concept back and and unique to your squad moving forward a hundred percent of the time yeah it's a it's a battle every single day you know we the 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 selfish uh attitude that comes with any basketball player now is, is coming from the outside or expectations it's it's rarely coming from within and we have great guys that it's typically we just have to recenter them and get them back. But our identity was how well we shared the ball, how many, how we, we deferred to the hot hand or to the, the proper matchup, and then how, how gritty we were for loose basketballs and rebounding despite our size. So we're still trying to make sure that's, that's who we are to the core. And then uh, I guess evolving outside of that. But if we don't get loose basketballs, if we don't fight like crazy on defense, if we don't get stops to, to ignite our transition offense, then we're not going to max out as a team. And, and maxing out could look completely different than last year. You never know. But we definitely feel like our, our upside is much higher. But, you know, the, the guys go off to the NBA and work out and, and it, it's the individual time. It's, it's always difficult to bring them back and, and 
Yes, help them understand that they don't have to reinvent themselves. They don't have to reinvent the wheel. They simply have to do everything a little bit better. And then our team will be uh, – because guys get bored with the role. They get bored with, with the details. And so it's our job to continue to, to sell to them that that's the best for them individually and us collectively. Yeah, that's, um, that spotlight can be difficult, man. In the moment, it would seem, because you guys are beneath it the entire time, at the moment it can be great, but then you got to go back and you're even with everybody else to start a season. And then, as we mentioned, I mean, everybody has you with a check mark next to your name on the schedule ready to give their best at you. That's th- Those are hard things, I think, to – how should I say it, recalibrate and to restart after the type of year, the way that you guys ended last year, that would seem to be tough to kind of recreate that, I guess is what I'm saying. Very tough to recreate that exact, you know, I guess, chemistry and identity. Yeah. But, right. it, you know, you have you have power fives forming the court and, and doing water baths when they beat us. So it, it was even new to us as a staff thinking – you know, when we took over this job five or six years ago, whatever it was, you know, we're Ken Palm 289 or whatever it was. And to see the, the court storms and the reactions, it, it's a, now we have a responsibility to, to make sure we bring our, our A game every single day. And, and even when we're not playing well, be tough enough to find different ways to win. And so we've had to learn a lot about ourselves. And I spent, we spent as a staff all offseason trying to anticipate what the problems were going to be. And, you know, we, we hit on some of them and, and got out in front of them, but we missed the mark on a few of them. And, uh, you know, it's not something you can ever hit 100%, but there were definitely a couple uh, issues that we didn't anticipate that we've had to navigate through. And, and like I said, because our guys have great substance and character, um, we've always been able to, to refocus and recenter. It's uh, Dusty May, the head coach of Florida Atlantic on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Obviously, you preside. You coach over them. Do you have good guys on the floor that actually help kind of police their own from teammate to teammate where you know that somebody out there is going to handle some things if maybe you're concentrating on another aspect or another another team member at that moment? Absolutely. And, and you know, we have a couple guys in the locker room that – if it's not a major issue, I can go to them and just say, hey, here's what I see. Can you help me get this? You know, can, can we get this fixed? And, and it's usually as simple as, I got you. Baby. Yeah, we got you. And so, yeah, we have that type of leadership in our locker room. And even as, you know, we get a lot of questions, how do you get it flipped here? How did you guys get it turned? And the, the, the easiest way to look at it is we have a group of guys that are elite competitors. They love the game of basketball. And they, they really respect each other. And, and, and a lot of them love each other and they're really close friends. But even the ones that aren't close, they, they respect each other's abilities. They respect how much the others bring to, the, to this equation. So it's been a unique blend, but it started with guys who absolutely love playing ball and are elite competitors. And if you're an elite competitor, you usually figure out a way to be successful. Um, it, it's just kind of how, how the, the world turns. You guys are in a new conference this year, the American. How has that gone? Now, recently, winners of six consecutive. Uh, Tulsa coming up, I believe, on Saturday. But how how has that gone for your group of veteran guys, been together, now vaulting as a part of a, a new conference this season? It's been it's been great because it's new. Um, you know, when you bring everybody back, uh, everyone wants a little different role, a little more. And for us to have new teams, it's, it's kept up from getting stale, going to the same gyms, the same schools, and, and all that. So, um, But it's, it's been a challenge to get to know new opponents. But it, it's been very, very fresh. We're getting ready to get into the, the real meat of our schedule. 
Um, but right now, sitting in first place with with almost you know one game before the midway point, and we like where we are. We're in position to to do what we need to do. But um, like I said, there's still a lot of work to do. That the teams that are going to find ways to win championships are the ones that are still going to find a way to improve. Now that we're hitting February. A lot more TV time, too. You guys are all over the place, television-wise now. That's something else you get to deal with on a night-in-and-night-out basis. Yeah, I think we've been on ESPN or ESPN2 eight or nine times already. We were on Fox National Game of the Week. Uh, We have a couple games on CBS. Yeah, it's been really – it's been great for our players and their families and and, and obviously for the university. I mean, that's that's a a big part of – um, of, of you know, we we feel great pride in being able to to really contribute to growing this university and kind of um, you know pulling back the curtain and letting everybody see what Florida Atlantic is. But yeah, it seems like every game's on TV and, and the package is, is is awesome. I mean, it seems like every Saturday or Sunday there's three or four games from our conference on national television. So it's been great, uh, you know, to to for recruiting and, and for our fan base. So, Dusty May, the head coach of Florida Atlantic on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline as well. So, how how are you doing as far as the program? Are, are you still at the grassroots level or, or are you growing this thing? Are you, let's just say, for example, are you at a spot right now and growing the program at Florida Atlantic? Are you where maybe at a point in time you thought it would take more years than this to get to? You know, John, we, we thought we would, in, within a few years, we thought we would be competing for conference championships. And then you're competing for conference championships. Usually that's good enough to get you to postseason. And then you get to postseason. And if you're playing really good basketball and you have a team that can play different styles and systems and win any type of way, you're, you're, uh, you're going to have a shot to make a run. And so that's kind of what ourselves on. We, we, you know, I guess it was two years ago. We felt like we were knocking at the door of a, of a great season and, and had some misfortune, had some injuries and whatnot, and then it drove our guys to, to work even harder and, and uh, for last season. And then last year, once we got some confidence, then uh, we really believed we could beat anyone, and it just kind of took off from there. But um, this year's been different. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a different uh, level of expectations. It's, everything's been different, but it's, it's been just as fun uh, because of the guys we have in our locker room. How often have you gone back to watch that national semifinal game? I watched it uh, th- that night, and then I watched it a couple days later, and then I watched it once in the off season. And it was, I was, I was detached emotionally each time. It was more just to learn uh, what they did, what what was our response to it, what could we have done better, and we're just we're we're constantly logging all situations and learning experiences because. You never know what you're going to see again. So, uh, San Diego State being a top five defense in the country, we wanted to see um, what part of our game plan was was successful, and then and then what we struggled with, and then we, we work on those things in the off season and preseason in case we see that type of team again. But um, it was it was tough to watch because we made mistakes that we hadn't made all season. We got beat to a couple 50-50 basketballs, and uh, that, that's that's very, very uncommon with this group. So there were a couple of plays that gave them the opportunity to, to hang around, and then they made their run last after we had a nice lead. So it was tough watching those plays, but as far as the shot, I didn't feel personally that we deserved to win like we did most of our games because our, our, our level of intensity and determination wasn't quite the same for whatever reason. See, and I don't look at it from a coaching standpoint. I just think, man, a half inch. 
<laughs> I mean, dude's out of balance. It's, it's, it's I, I don't know how you look at it, man. That's incredible. Hey, hey, John, here, here's the, the crazy thing about it. I, and I don't call it luck. I call it the random, the randomness of winning and losing. Yeah. John L. Davis has the ball at the top of the key. We probably need to open up a, a gap to his left hand so he can get downhill. He gets an angle on their backup center and can't decide whether to shoot his running hook or his layup. Gets caught in between. The ball comes off funny. It doesn't hit the rim. It lands to their best player quickly. They race up the floor, and they went into a bad spacing point where typically nine times out of ten we would have trapped that spot. But because the next player had made three threes that half, B.J. Greenlee decided not to trap. And if he would have trapped, we would have full rotated because that's what we do. Decides not to, not to trap it. The, their best athletic shot creator dribbled it out and had the one guy that was probably able to elevate over and make the shot. So a lot had to go into that. <laughs> yeah. But – that's yeah, a, we were that, that didn't make, that we didn't make me feel any better. National championship. That won't make me feel any better. <laughs> not, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. I I think about that in terms I mentioned before you came on that that Matt Matt Painter's coming on tomorrow and that that's like a similar effect of of that that game with the Boilers and uh, Carson Edwards in, in Virginia a handful of years ago. And, and it's it well, it well, is. Inter- we were at Columbus. We were there because we played at yeah. right after Purdue. So I was I was sitting in the baseline watching the first eight or ten minutes of that game, and you could smell something funny was was about to happen. Man, I I um. I would find it very difficult, and that's why I wouldn't be built for this. And that's why you do what you do, and, and Matt does what he does. But I, it, it'd be tough for me to detach the emotion of that and that moment and just not see it for what the emotion dictates its worth at, at that time compared to you looking at it and analyzing it in a coaching standpoint in the fashion in which you did. That's why you're who you are, and I'm just some kind of knob. <laughs> and but even that, I'm sitting there watching that, thinking like, man, if I'm Coach Painter, what am I thinking right now? What? Yeah. And I thought he made. I thought he made all the right moves. I mean, you could see it. Edie misses a couple short hooks that always go in. Their shooters are too open, and they're not used to shooting wide open out of rhythm. It was almost as if the perimeter defense was so bad it was good. And then you could tell, even though the shooters were open, Coach Painter started running some of their their comfort sets or the shots that their shooters normally get to try to find the rhythm, and then those didn't go in. So it, was, it, was, it really was the perfect storm. But that F- FDU team was, was, uh, was unique that, uh, you know, they had a couple 15 to 18% three-point shooters banging in three or four a night uh, against Purdue and us. So it, it literally was the perfect storm. And, uh, but, man, it was, you, you could feel it. You know, you, you never felt like Purdue was going to lose. But early on, you could say, man, this could go the other way just because of the way the game felt and some shots just not dropping for Purdue. So Dusty May of FAU with us. What was your team's best game of the tournament? Our team's best game, I thought Tennessee the second half. We were, we were special um, on both sides of the ball. Um, we were really – we didn't play well the first 10 minutes. They were the aggressor. They were more physical in the glass. And then we were trying to play over them on our, on our, our, our ball screen pick-and-roll reads. And those guys are 6'7", and we're about – 5'11 to 6'2 at the guard position. So I thought our guys adjusted. They, they started playing with, with more bounce passes and hitting pockets early. And then once we found our offensive rhythm, um, I felt like Tennessee's expectations probably caught up with them a little bit where their guys didn't play with the same looseness uh, that we were playing with. And, and that's one thing, too, that, that I felt like throughout the tournament, seeing those games live, the, the bigger teams didn't play with the same level of looseness that the, the, the mid-majors did, you know, with that nothing-to-lose mentality. 
And so, you know, even when you're the favorite, you've got to find a way to not let expectations and all that other stuff creep in uh, to, to how you play the game and, and your natural instincts and, and the rhythm of the game. Because I, I think that's more common uh, than, than people realize. At least it was from my perspective from where I was sitting and, and, and that, watching those games and feeling it. So how much of Southern Indiana has been at a lot of your games this year? You know, there's been a lot. Lynn Hauser used to cover oh, the, the, yes. the, the it blew me to, yeah. Yeah. He's 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 at a lot of games. Uh, you know, Dr. Offell's been down. Uh, Tom, Tom Abernathy's here all the time, so he brings Laz and he brought Jerry he brought Jerry Memoring down last week. I could go on and on. I, I don't want to leave anybody off, but there's a lot of a southern Indiana that, that drops in at our games as they're as they're uh, vacationing uh, to get away from the, the gray skies of, of Indiana right now. <laughs> You can't. All of Southern Indiana down there. That's good. I love it. I, hey, that's 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 not to mention the Green County, the, the family and the, and the oh, family connections. Yeah. We we've had fifteen or twenty at, at several games from you know, Green County, Martin County, or Monroe County, wherever. I um I still am amazed, and I I remember telling you this story of Dustin Hayes um, last year during the tournament where he was uh bush hog he was bush hogging. I saw him bush hogging. Um, a day before, and then the next day he was sitting behind your bench with his hat on and, you know, how, how you get the bill and you squeeze the bill like his country hat on. He had it right sitting right behind your bench at Madison Square Garden. And I thought, man, you, you, you can't put this together accurately without laughing right here. Bush hogging the day before, sitting behind your bench, you know, at a, a regional game in the NCAA tournament at Madison Square Garden. It was amazing. Well, John, I, uh, you know, I, I was pretty consumed with what we needed to do, but there were several <laughs> relatives and friends from home when they showed up at the garden and I didn't know they were coming. My life just kind of handled all, Anna handled all of it. I looked around and was like, how in the beat beat did they find their way <laughs> to Madison Square Garden right now? And, uh, yeah, so it, it was fun. It was, a, it was a great ride. We definitely felt the support from back home. And uh, that's one thing about the people from Southern Indiana and, and Indiana that have been down here. They, they appreciate the toughness that our, that our guys play with. Yeah. You know, something else, too. How is it for you? Because we talked about your team and, you know, you're getting the accolades and getting talked about and being in the spotlight um, and how to handle that. How, how has that been for you? Myself? Uh, you know, by nature, I'm, you know, I just kind of coach basketball and keep to myself. So it's it's been a – a nice introduction to uh, being out and, and having, you know, people want to talk to you and, and take pictures and all that. But uh, it's, it's an honor. You know, it's a privilege. This is something that, that, was, that was bigger than any dream I ever had. So, um, you know, I think if you'd ask anyone that's familiar with our program, I don't think there's anyone in our, in our locker room, in our offices that, that has changed at all. We've taken a lot of pride in being the exact same people that we were before this run. And, and we'll be the, exact same people after that you know just it, it, it kind of it, it is what it's what makes us us and I hear it all the time how humble our guys are and that's probably the the thing I'm most proud of because when they spent the entire offseason being told how great they were uh daily uh, hourly mm. and for them to remain humble and understand that um that's not what it's about it's, it's a very proud I think for me as a coach it uh it is amazing the other thing that I noticed out of all that before I'll let you go is just how quickly I mean, really, Dusty, poof, and that thing is gone. I mean, you you go you go acceleration wise from you know zero to one fifty, and then poof, it's over. And that's that's what's amazing to me. That's hard to deal with. 
It is, and, and it's what's next. It's it's a beautiful thing. I mean, you can feel the transition now from from football ending or winding down into basketball, and, and it's just it, it's the way the sports world works. And uh, we refuse to complain about any of it, and we just we, we we try to be ready, be available, and and also understand it. It is what it is, but none of that's our priority. Our priority has to be about the 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 ball and, and doing it together and, and uh, the relationships that we have and, and we continue to develop. All right. Seven and one in the American 17 and four overall. What do you guys rank this week? 20th, I think. I th- yeah, I think we're 20th we're right around 26th or so with Ken Palm with computer metrics. Had you ever been ranked in your life before this year? You know what? Yeah. Last year, I know, should say. I mean, yeah, any- yeah, I don't want to bring I don't want to bring it up. But you know, when I was a manager, we were ranked several times, and then when wow. we went to USC, we made the Elite Eight under Coach Bibby. And then when we came back to Indiana, the the, the one year, um, you know, we're playing Kentucky. I believe we're top five in the country coming off Maui. And then uh, we with the, the you know we we the wheels fell off a little bit for us. And then at La Tech, we were ranked. So yeah, we've been we've been ranked several times. The La Tech was similar to this, but it was the the first time they had been ranked since Carl Malone. And we won 16 straight conference games uh, with a group very, very similar to the guys that, that we have in our locker room right now. Hey, how jealous is Mike White of your situation? Oh no, he was he was behind <laughs> our bench uh, cheering us on. Um, I'm so conflicted tonight. I've got I've got radio and I've I've got to go on and do the uh, halftime of Florida game where where my oldest son Jackson walked on. No, oh, that's where you guys. Yeah, that's where you are right now. No, I'm in. I'm on campus, but we're gonna. They're gonna uh, bring me in live, and I gotta come back to the to the gym after the radio show. My middle sons that walk on at UCF. They play Baylor tonight. Georgia plays uh, Alabama, closer to my Nate Oates, and then uh, and then Indiana State and Belmont. Who uh, you know, a former yeah. player of mine is an assistant at Belmont, and obviously I'm a big uh, big tree fan. So it's 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 going to be a, a tough night trying to get four games uh, on at once. Good Lord, why don't you find something to do down there? Seems like you're bored. Definitely. <laughs> hey, give the family my best, man, and uh, we'll do it again soon. Safe travels to wherever you go and uh, continue to win. We will catch back up. I'm going to go watch Brooks Barnheiser tonight, too, play at Purdue with Northwestern. Wow, so, yeah. Northwestern's at Purdue. Yep, yep. He uh, he came on yesterday, and we talked about his dad and old-school pickup games a lot. So. Wow. Well, coincidentally, I've become good friends with uh, Coach Barnheiser's college roommate from Auburn. So we'll, uh, we'll share stories for another day. <laughs> we have to have – we'll probably have to have the button ready. We have to have the delay ready for those stories right there, I'm sure. So, hey, yeah. always good to hear from you. My best of the family. Thanks, John. Appreciate you. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline. By the way, too, Dusty May a little bit earlier, Florida Atlantic joined us, Spiro Dita, CBS, TNT, NBA TV, also earlier podcast, 1075thefan.com. So I mentioned who's going to be in the snake pit. I'm not even going to ask your partner as Kevin Bowen joins us from the morning wake-up call. I'm not going to ask Andy. He's not only from northern Kentucky. He would have no clue, certainly if I have no clue. Have you heard of any of those EDM artists I just mentioned? 
when I read the um, I read the press release, my initial reaction was no, I haven't. But so you did you did I hear you correctly? Something about the Mets bullpen, or yeah, the Mets closer song. Yeah, you remember uh, you I remember that song, that. Timmy Trumpet? Remember that song? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's going to be there, Timmy Trumpet. Oh, okay. Well, I you know I've never met Timmy Trumpet or you know I've seen him in concert or anything, but I've certainly seen the images of the. Uh, gosh, what's the name? Diaz. Uh, Edwin Diaz. Run- yeah, running in for the bullpen. So, um, yeah, I guess I got that going for me. He was injured, lad. Did he tear his Achilles before the start of the season from the Mets? He was out all last year, I think, right? I think that sounds right. So we're not going to try and run it back with Shaq? Wasn't that a last-minute kind of fiasco with that? It was, year, right? yeah. He just all of a sudden couldn't stink and make it, could he? Think he's going to yeah, pull that, that on the All Star Game weekend? Yeah, yeah. You know what? It's in there. I just can't make it. I don't think I can make it. Well, you know, maybe we need him on the JMV Takeover Saturday night. You know, instead of the Snake Pit, maybe he can. Yes. Yes. When I think of Shaq, I think it'd be one hundred five point seven. I heard that he's having a huge party that is going to be very hard to get into unless you're an A-list celebrity. Have you heard about any of these All-Star Weekend A-list celebrity parties that have not been reported yet? Anything? Uh, No. Uh, No. I mean, I'm, you know, a Z-list celebrity. Oh, it's not. No, no, no. Yeah, we're not getting invited. We're not going to get in. I mean, we know where or is that not allowed? We're not going to get in. They won't even let us clean the toilets in that place afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) No, that is that is certainly true. I I, I am like genuinely curious, like that aspect to it. I'm like, gosh, how many places are there that like, I I don't know, could satisfy the needs for what those parties typically could be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've heard like there's one with Naughty by Nature and Spud Web and I'd be all over that. But I think Jordan, I think Jordan's got one um, that's coming up here that's pretty big that is uh, big-time invite-only. I think uh, Shaq has one that's big-time invite-only. So maybe a couple these, places downtown they are going to be rented out, get about 100 k for uh, some people to get in there. Yeah. Gosh, and are these the places like we would know of? Or yeah, are, I think, are yeah, talking? I think, yeah. Yeah, I think there's a I think there's a particular cigar bar that is going to end up being rented mm. out. I don't know if I'm speaking out of school here, but whatever, okay. that's what we do. Yeah, and maybe a stop at the Red Garter for some folk. I wonder. I wonder about this. You ever been to Vegas and gone to the strip clubs? Uh yes, I have. You ever been to yes, Cheetahs? And... Did you ever go to Cheetahs? Gosh, uh, I don't. Tell you Actually, a maybe we did. It, it was a it was the first bachelor party out of college, so it was a bit fuzzy for for many reasons. Let me tell you a little story about peaches from San Diego. So peaches <laughs> from San Diego um, was hanging out with me uh, back when I was in my twenties at um, at Cheetahs, and peaches informed me, and I didn't have any idea. I mean, very naive I am. Had no idea that on certain weekends, if not really every weekend, but certainly big weekends, that every major strip club, every major city on the West Coast, that for that weekend, their top-level talent would fly into Vegas because of the amount of money that they could make. That according to Peaches. Peaches told me that. I had no idea. Huh? Sounds like. You know, homecoming weekend in, uh, at Crawfordsville, and the Wabash crew is bussing in the girls from, from from Purdue here. Yeah, well, I mean, think about Vegas 
coming up here hosting the Super Bowl. I mean, Peaches, right. if, if Peaches yeah. is, if, if she's still got her, you know what, in business here, Peaches sure. may be making some money. It may be a little bit too far down the road by now, but. Yeah, I mean, Peaches' next generation could be pretty pretty set uh, <laughs> when you consider that. So good luck. To, I, is that Peaches with an S or a Z? Did you, did you, um, I, you know what? That? I don't know if we ever determined a spelling of her name. I think just the name itself was plenty. Yeah, sure. Well, good for her. I don't. I, I, I'm now trying to think. I mean, do we? I, are we going to be? Will there be any Fort Wayne? Do, do we try and tap into Evansville? Are we? Are, yeah, are, yeah are we I think. That, yeah, I think they're bringing them Terre in from Haute. Terre Haute and Bedford and the Armpit <laughs> and South Bend and everywhere. Yeah, bringing them all yeah, in for yeah, the weekend. Well, we have the Hip Hugger Happy Hour here, sponsored by our folks right off of US 31 here coming up. Uh, with a little buffet on Friday morning. That is that's absolutely awesome. But no, um, yeah, it, it's funny. I got when I got married in Vegas in 2000. Uh, we had um, let me think here, like 50 of our friends that went out. It was basically 25 of my dudes and then 25 of her ladies. And we went to a place called Olympic Gardens, and the dudes were housed down below, and the ladies went upstairs where the guys would, uh, I guess, commonly. Uh, kind of b52 in and around that room so we we had like double barrel action going on the second floor and the first floor with the ladies on the second i don't even know if olympic gardens still open and the dudes on the first wow. right there and look at know, that they that's had a, their guy they had their guys and their grape smugglers and you know buzzing around the room and their b52 action so yeah talk about a multi-purpose facility there so that's yeah, great facilities like that i don't know if we can no you got married in a church you got married to maddie in a church right yeah yeah i didn't get married in yeah. a church yeah. yeah there was no church for me yeah <laughs> <laughs> well yeah that's certainly a different a, a different type of church to a lot of people there on that and there yeah i, I know the you know the great folks who visited indy indian sports court you know there's so much uh, greatness about our city in those events. I don't know if we can pull off the Olympic Gardens here, but maybe that's a box we need to check. Well, and, and here's what. If anybody out there can get us uh, a pair of tickets, this is for Kevin and I, just us, to go to uh, the Jordan party or the Shaq party, let us know. If it's, uh, you know, again, even if it's to clean toilets, just let sure. us know. Yeah, oh, yeah. So we're all, all good. Tables, I'll, I'll, I'll hand out shots. Yeah, I'll do whatever I need to. <laughs> Hey, by the way, Matt says the Colts kickoff song after a score is Freaks by Timmy Trumpet. Did you know that? So I know they changed it up this year. Um, okay, that makes a little more sense. So so is it bang on these drums after a touchdown and then yeah. it kind of turns into that See, right before the kickoff song? I, okay. I can't, I can't hear or I can't see in the press box. I have no idea what's going on. Like, I can't hear anything in general, and I sure as hell can't hear that. The only thing I in the press box, the only thing I can feel is the vibration of the bass and the pregame warm-ups. That's the only thing. Yeah, and I, I kind of do feel like the bass is up a few notches th- this year. There's been a few mornings where, you know, whether there's no Pacer game that night or, you know, no one else is in the studio after you exit, and if I turn on my headset that morning, the volume <laughs> level – I mean, it is literally I, – I, I literally think I'm going to pop my eardrum. Well, I mean, our boss, David Wood, has asked me a number of times, you know, you, you need to get a hearing aid. And I actually got a hearing aid six years ago, and this is a true story. I got one, two, and I put it in, and I wore it for 20 minutes, and I thought, there's no way I'm wearing this. And I put it in the truck and never wore it again. I had it for 20 minutes. You know, there's no way I'm wearing this. 
You just hated the look, hated the feel? Nah, it felt weird. I mean, it felt like it was kind of rubbing the interior of my ear raw, and I wasn't down with that. And, uh, yeah, I wore it for 20 minutes. And that's not a badge of honor either. I mean, it's stupidity. But I wore it for 20 minutes. And I, I literally, like, I can't hear, like, when Jake talks, you know when Jake gets close to you and talks really low, I can't hear a damn word he says. Nothing. I've got, <laughs> I've got to try to look at him to see, you know, not ri- lip read, you know, fully, but kind of lip read. Because I said, dude, if you talk that low, I can't hear a darn thing you're saying. Not one thing. <laughs> That's so funny. I can I can picture that one thousand percent. I mean, hell, in our meeting a few weeks ago, I feel like he was leaning over to you and you know talking at a lower level to you. Couldn't hear him. I had no idea what I was shaking my head and go, yeah. And he could be saying, hey, you know what? Your show really does suck. I hate it, and we're not friends. I'm going, oh yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's talking wingdings to you, and you're just like, yeah, 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 I agree. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Green, it was great back in the day. Yeah, so that's uh, I can't hear, I can't. But you're right, I do turn these headphones up loud and sometimes leave them. So I bet that's <laughs> yeah problematic for you. Hey, problematic was last night. All right, so the Pacers lose, um, and I I don't go for the moral victory stuff. You know that. Um, I I don't go for the entertaining losses, but. My impression was last night, given the circumstances, all the layers involved in that game, the incredible shot-making of the Celtics, especially in the second quarter, I was in complete shock that at the end of the game, there they were. You know, one possession opportunity, took the lead late as well. I was in absolute shock that they were there. And honestly, even in a loss, I was impressed. Yeah, I... um. I honestly thought before Halliburton banked in the three, it honestly probably was when, remember when they reviewed the Jalen Brown three-point foul, Siakam like ran into him and and they correctly overruled it. But when that whole thing was going, I'm thinking to myself, should they even play Halliburton in the second half? Like it, It had gotten to that point of like, you know, okay, if you're down like 20 plus at half, you know, is that even a thought? And then all of a sudden, you know, that call gets overturned and, you know, they had scored. I, I don't know what they ended the half, but they ended the half on a little bit of a run there. Halliburton obviously banks in the three of the buzzer. And then, and then boom, you, you start the third quarter like you did. I, yeah, I, I, I would agree. I, I, I would say mostly with that, you know, I thought the line entering the night at seven and a half was, was too much. I thought the Celtics on the second night of a back-to-back, I thought the Pacers did have a puncher's chance, um, but there's not many games this season that will fall into the category of that, of it is Boston, it is on the road, um, you weren't you know completely healthy with not having Matherin or McConnell, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I would sit there and say, okay, losing by whatever the final score was, five, is by no means the end of the world, and uh, this is really the last week, John, if you look at the schedule upcoming that you face a whole lot of like you know really quality quality teams now granted i know the pacers have struggled yes against the you know bottom tier or even middle tier teams um here this season but the schedule certainly you know for how tough january was uh and the first two games of february i think will fall into that i I know new york's a little banged up right now but sacramento on a back-to-back can be tough then it really eases up and you just got to make sure you don't play to your competition you got to make sure that you don't do what you did back in november and you know, as long as the Pacers take care of business, I see no reason why this team shouldn't be, you know, again, kind of what I thought at the preseason as a legit five or six seed. And, you know, maybe if the East kind of falls the way that you would like it, you know, maybe even push for a four seed and, and have some home court here early, early in the playoffs. It also seems that Kevin Bowen joins us. If you watched Philly and Golden State last night, and 
Like anytime Embiid, and we saw that, you know, in the Pacer game last week, anytime he goes down, you're thinking he's going to miss about a month. You know what? I mean, that's the first time he went down, and, and, and sometimes it doesn't turn out that way. I guess he walked it off against the Pacers last night. I mean, it, it looked like that somebody, like that scene in, uh, and I, in the uh, I can't even remember what the Stephen King film is now, where you know you take the legs and you know you break James Conn's ankles, you know, with the hammer right there. If you're Kathy Bates, that's what it looked like when Embiid went down last night with Kamingo on top of him. It kind of felt like it was just like that. So I often think about you. You wonder it is an absolute coin flip whether or not Embiid is going to be healthy when it matters, and that has to be a major concern for them. Certainly, yeah, I was shocked. I remember when he fell against the Pacers, and I, I couldn't believe he stayed in the game considering, you know, that they had Denver coming up that night. I was actually play that Tyrese Halliburton talked with Jake and Jimmy about today of, you know, him getting hurt against the Pacers and then still staying in when that margin had kind of reached, you know, pretty wide. And, you know, again, we might be getting too far ahead of ourselves, but, you know, if you look at tomorrow night's matchup, right now that would be a first-round matchup, you know, New York's the three, Indiana's the six. But first off, I'd love to see just this rivalry get renewed. Certainly the character's vastly different, but I think there's reasons for Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson to have a little bit of a rivalry. I mean, you know, in a way, OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam, former teammates now, you know, being traded to to different markets. Um, And if you look at it, you know, New York just completed a hell of a month of January, and they were, you know, really kind of hovering around 500 before – before the month started, the Pacers put up like 140 on them, the final game of December, and then they play great in January. Obviously, Ananobi has been great for them defensively. They're you know near the top of the league, if not at the top. And if you know the Pacers can get on a run like that, you know, and you look at the standings, and the Pacers play them twice in the next couple of weeks, and again tomorrow night, you know, no Randall, possibly no Ananobi. If you win both those, win the head-to-head, now you've cut four games back right now to two games back. So it's just uh, thanks to January and how well the Pacers have played with and without Halliburton, but I would say probably especially without him and keeping the ship more than afloat. I mean, you are in a position right now to be a um, not only a playoff team, but potentially, you know, playing for some home court in round one. Misery, by the way, is the the film, the Stephen King novel turned into a film with James Conn and Kathy Bates. Misery, you know what I'm talking about? Misery. I'm scrolling through my text right here, and I'm getting word that, uh, courtesy of Eddie Garrison, that the touchdown song is no longer bang on these drums all day. It's now Maria by Scooter. See, I I can't hear up there. I can't hear anything. Yeah, I can't hear either to defend you. Uh, I mean, I I don't, yeah. Um, (laughs) It's not like I guess I'm consciously singing along. And then he goes, bet you didn't have stripper talk on the agenda today. Well, yeah, that probably is that. Peaches. Peaches was a good conversation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Stripper might not be the right term to use. Yeah, I I had no idea. I mean, she just kind of laid it out. I'm a little bit naive to this. And she said, hey, I'm from San Diego. I'm coming in this weekend to, to make a lot of money. And I said, hello. There's (laughs) there's no hating against that. Well, I mean, all the all the women are upstairs, you know, you know, with dudes flying around them and stuff. <laughs> I so love the buzzing sound. <laughs> oh, oh, it was a good time. Hey, Kev, if I 
I'll tell you off the air sometime. You will say, I wish I would have been married at the Venetian in Las Vegas instead of a church. If I told you how much fun we had. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I feel like you and I have had a story or two, but oh, there's geez. even more on that end. Well, if, you know, if for some reason it ever happens again, then, you know, might as well give it a whirl there in the, in the yeah, yes. end. Maddie and I were actually thinking about going to Vegas here. It's our five-year anniversary coming up. We, um, we haven't been together. She's been out there for a couple of work trips. Like I said to you, I haven't been out there. And now, hell, it's probably a decade. I haven't either. Uh, I haven't been out there since I've been married, which I guess probably goes to show you how that's gone, right? So I, I mean, <laughs> I haven't been out there. I haven't been out there in twenty-four years. So some of my buddies went out there for IU Arizona last year and absolutely loved it. So yeah, I think I think we might. I don't know, Maddie. I haven't finalized it, but we might uh, might make a trip out there. Yeah, who I, knows? We might run into peaches. Peaches. Peaches, I wonder what Peaches might be. I bet Peaches is 45 years old now. I bet. What do you think Peaches, Peaches looks like at 45? Well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if the Raiders have, have, have gotten to know Peaches or have made some stops. I don't know. I, I'm picturing Peaches married to Max Crosby for some reason. <laughs> it's Kevin Bowen, the morning wake-up call with KB and Andy's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Maddie, does Maddie hate it when you come on with me Wednesdays? It's probably not her favorite 30 minutes of the week. I bet. Sometimes I feel bad about that, too. I'm like the old dirty uncle right here or something of this shit. You know what? That's what I am. Like the old dirty Which uncle. It's not a bad thing at all. I mean, everybody loves the old dirty yeah, uncle. Yeah, they don't take him Especially seriously, though. Yeah. I mean, sometimes he's a jackass. <laughs> he's our jackass. He is. He is definitely our jackass. But, yeah, what do you think about uh, Anthony Leal and IU? I don't think that there's going to be any uh, table-turning type of situation with that win last night, you know, making it a signature win or anything. But, man, certainly IU needed it. And good to see Anthony Leal have that moment. You know, somebody that could have left long ago. I mean, honestly, what do you think he'd be getting clock right now on the reg instead of having to wait this out and finally get the opportunity? I mean, and nothing against him whatsoever because there's a lot of mid-majors, including my alma mater, that are really good right now. But he'd be getting clock, playing time anywhere else. But he stood that out from Bloomington, stayed there, and got an opportunity in front of the home crowd last night in a big moment. And I thought that was really cool. There's something to be said about that. Yeah, I, I could agree more. I don't think we'll look back on this Indiana season and have fond, fond memories of it, but that will be a game, I think, that you do remember and just the Leal moments. And, you know, I mean, you, you kind of laid it out exactly why. And, you know, you're a huge NBA guy, John, but you also love college basketball. I do. You know, I, 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 I find myself loving both. And I know not everybody out there does. And for the NBA people that are like, I can't watch the college game, you know, the skill level – isn't very good. They can't shoot, et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. The moment of last night is why I love college basketball. Cause you don't get it to that level in the NBA where, you know, a guy that, I mean, frankly, there's been times where Leal has gotten into games, John, and I've, and I've forgotten he's on the team in, you know, recent years. And obviously he hasn't even played that much. Well, I think Mike Woodson and, has and, as well. I think Mike Woodson didn't know he was down there too. Yeah. Sure. And I, and I'd argue the guys playing ahead of him, I uh, yeah. haven't really earned the uh, the type of minutes that they've gotten. So for him to get in and deliver on both ends of the floor and, you know, he rebounded, defended. I mean, he was matched up on Perkins a couple times and it was huge there. And 
you know, obviously the Indiana high school connection and the COVID season and all of that. Um, yeah, a, a fun storyline. Unfortunately, it gets marred because of the injury situation and largely because of the season as a whole. But um, in a year that, again, we won't talk about much that probably happened in Bloomington for Mike Woodson's third year. Uh, that's what I love about it. And, and a major credit to Anthony Wheel because 90% of kids in his situation probably would have transferred. And for him to gut it out, and, you know, I think there is some difficulty and some pressure of being the high school kid where you know, everywhere he goes, he, he gets asked about that. You know, it's like he goes home in the summer or the winter and they don't ask him about that. You know, everywhere he goes, he, he gets peppered with those questions. And, you know, to still stay locked in and to deliver in a big way on both ends of the floor. Absolutely huge in a night where, you know, Indiana was dealt a ton of adversity. So Kevin Bowen, morning wake-up call with KB and Andy, 7 until 10 a.m. coming up uh, tomorrow morning, weekday mornings, Monday through Friday. I was thinking about Purdue, and Matt Painter joins me coming up tomorrow. And um, I'll tell him either way if you want me to, but it, does this have the feel of a season where Purdue makes finally that breakthrough that certainly their fan base and a lot of people have expected. Is this it? I know that it has to be. Don't get me wrong. It has to be. But does it have the feel to you that this is it? Yeah, I I feel differently. Um, And I think Lance Jones is a big reason why. I think he gives Purdue something that they lacked. You know, last year, you had to play Ethan Morton a good amount. You, you had to hope that Brandon Newman could string three or four together. Um, you know, even David Jenkins, you know, he, he was needed. And, and Lance Jones is flat out is better and or more consistent than all of them. And the thing about it, Sunday was a great example. He doesn't shoot it well at all. Um, I think the game before that, I want to say he had 17 or 18, but he doesn't shoot it well at Rutgers. And yet here he is with what, 10 rebounds and eight assists and five steals? I mean, to impact the game in other ways, and again, on both ends of the floor, it's huge. He can take some ball handling off of Braden Smith if need be. And, you know, there's a little bit of crazy to him. There's a little bit of like, you know, YOLO with this game. And at times it probably drives Matt a little crazy. But at the same time, I think you kind of need that in some moments where, you know, Edie saddled foul trouble or, you know, you are turning over a little bit and you just need somebody that goes and makes a play. And, um, you know, whether it's him diving on the floor, I think it was that Michigan game where he dove on the floor, a couple of possessions, Mackey gave him a standing ovation. Um, I think he is is a really key and different and new ingredient for them. I think they've won in different ways, not only Sunday, but you know, certainly the games in Maui come to mind, the game against Arizona. I do think it's something Andy and I were talking about earlier today. I do think tonight is kind of a March checkbox for me too and boo boo has been an extremely difficult guard for them you know earlier this year of course and then last year when they lost to him as well and those types of guards granted they don't grow on trees but if and when you do see them in march how do you defend them and again i think this is where lance jones can come into play the last year he fouled or uh, earlier this season he fouled out late in that first matchup uh, but inevitably, you're probably going to see a guy like Boo Booey. And, and I think it, in Maui, you didn't even really see that. I don't think Arizona necessarily has that sort of guy. And, again, we're not talking about the biggest guard in the wor- world, but we're talking very fast, very crafty, can hit shots, can distribute. You know, how do you defend that? Um, I think it's important for Purdue to, you know, obviously neutralize them as best they can tonight. And, and that'll be something that they likely will see in March if and when they get on a run. I just think think about that fairly Dickinson game again and and just being given their guys given that space 
to take threes and then to miss threes and then to defer and you know pass up shots and stuff. There was there was nothing brutal. But I would I would agree with you. I think this kind of does have the feel that it is going to be different. Let's face it too, and I know it's easy for us to say, but it absolutely has to be. I mean, it it just has to be because you got Boilermaker fans kind of waiting around. All right, they play tonight. We're going to watch, but you got got them waiting around. They really clock in coming up here. Uh, in March when the tournament starts. Hey, by the way, Kevin Bowen joins us. I had mentioned to you two weeks ago as a moist, if not wet, blanket. And then swinging in on the vine of wet blanket would be your producer, Mark Dykton. Evidently, with his new article, does being a pro bowler mean a damn thing anymore? (laughs) What the hell is his problem? Is that the the title? Yes. Well, no, it's the title of his tweet. Does being a pro bowler mean a damn thing? Can you explain to him that Gardner Minshew, while going, at the very least is going to pocket 44K and with a winner, 88K? So, yeah, it does mean a damn thing. Go get a little cash out of it. Get a little bit of recognition. Tell the wet blanket to stop being a wet blanket. Yes, it's meaningful. Well, it's meaningful from the financial. Yes. I I, I would argue against the level of Gardner Minshew earning it. And this is my issue with the Pro Bowl. Because the Chiefs win. If the Ravens win, Zaire Franklin goes. If the Chiefs win, Zaire Franklin doesn't go. Right. So that's now how we label Pro Bowler or no Pro Bowler. Like, that's the issue that I get with the Pro Bowl. It's that. You know, DeForest Buckner and Ryan Kelly are going because Chris Jones and Creed Humphrey play for the Chiefs. If those two played for the Ravens, Ryan Kelly and DeForest Buckner would not yeah. be going anymore. So you earn, and sure, there's an element of you earn being on the alternate list, but Zaire Franklin was clearly pissed with his tweet. And, you know, I don't blame him because simply it's because one team won and the other team lost and you, know, you don't even have to I mean the only reason Gardner Minshew is there is because Josh Allen would rather play in a golf tournament at Pebble Beach and you know he, he said no and well we many, all many we all play no. by unfortunate scoreboards I mean think about what we do you ever think about how many scoreboards we have to to look at we have to admire we have to play off of I mean it just and it, it, it comes that way I think it's just a, a different territory but the same version here, just another scoreboard. Even if it's unusual, ridiculous, whatever, it's just how you have to go until further notice. And that does stink. It, stink. it does stink for Zaire Franklin, and no doubt about that. I mean, Zaire deserved to be it originally. Yes, yeah, I'd no argue question. even I'd him over Patrick Queen or Rokon Smith originally there. So, yeah, boy, Dyson throwing throw, throwing the dam out there. I, 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 I kind of no. respect the gumption by him. Maybe he would just kind of slide right into some kind of wrestling WWE column. <laughs> well, he's just better because the Bears didn't get any Pro Bowlers. So I have no idea if they did or not. I'm just assuming that. Does Chicago? Does the Chicago guy get on your nerves? A bit, yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's 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 the red. No, they just always they're always crying about anything. something, aren't they? They they ever stop crying? Yeah, yeah. it's supposed to be so tough. Yeah, yeah. He was he was bitching about something the other day, and I was that is so Chicago of him. He's always whining about something. They're saying, oh, we're tougher than you. I'm gonna tell you what. <laughs> people say this. Um, I I never understood this in, until now. Uh, people make fun of when Indiana people drive in other states, but there, there's nothing more reckless. And you always know if somebody's driving too fast in a really bad situation, the license plate's going to be Illinois. 
I mean, that, that state is just absolutely packed full of jackass drivers. Always going too fast. Always. Recklessly. You know, I, I, was just, I was thinking about this. Chicago sports kind of stinks right now, now that I think about the professional team. I have no idea if the Blackhawks are any good, but, yeah, I mean, all their other franchises kind of stink right now. So it's, it's, and when I was at IU, there was nothing that you loved more than when the Chicago sports teams were terrible and you could celebrate the Indiana sports teams. I remember we were – so I think the Cubs made the playoffs our freshman year. We were so happy when they lost in that. I think they lost in the opening round or something like that. I just remember how much I rejoiced in that. I just hate it when the Bulls fans they can't get tickets to the United Center, so they you know all the region. You could always tell sure. in the field house when they would make that that trek down sixty five because the upper bowl of the field house would smell like body odor. Because you knew, you knew that the entire region would be down here with their body odor stinking up the place. Yeah, you had a bunch of low football players sitting up there. <laughs> the armpit of the state of Indiana is coming down to watch the Bulls. <laughs> Can you at least bring some speed stick with you or something, fellas? Come on. A little yeah, car or anything. Like yeah, instead of passing out, you know, Pacers game night special is this. We actually got the speed stick for you. Coming on, uh, hey. uh, 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 Boomers handing those out in section two fifteen. If you look up the hey. right now, hey, hey, here, uh, that's what you need to do in Bulls games. Um, instead of giving away like free curly fries, give away free showers to those coming from the region. If if a player misses two free throws, hey, you guys get a free shower. <laughs> Uh, Brendan King. Brendan King is not happy. I saw that too. (laughs) Hey, we kid because we care, right, Kev? That's what we do. I just dragged you right in. I dragged you. I dragged you right into that, though. So from 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 peaches to deodorant (laughs) to the region. Here we are. Tell Maddie I love her. Don't get mad at me. All right. Hey, what you guys got coming tomorrow morning? Uh, speaking of all-star events, uh, Sheldon Day is actually going to join us. Oh, uh, cool. The Warren Central product, yep. former Notre Damer, former Colt, played in the Super Bowl, 49ers and Chiefs, played Great a lot guy. in that game. Uh, he has got an event at Hinkle that uh, I think uh, Shaq Leonard, Kenny Moore, I think it's like a you know kind of a version of the all-star celebrity game with a little bit more of a local flavor to it. So, yeah, he's going to join us, and I'm looking forward to catching up uh with him good dude yes he is and he's been on before too and uh he is as quality as they come right there you're absolutely right so give him give him our best great dude will do john kev i appreciate you see you man